Hey guys, and welcome to the first ever Seller Chatbot podcast, a podcast where we focus on improving your Amazon sales through social media. And today on the call, we have Yev Marishenko from um, Zon Tracker. And if you're not familiar with Yev, basically he was the director of e-commerce for the, um, the, the, the brand Heroclip, and he launched the first ever Facebook ads Amazon platform, Zon Tracker, and he's helped hundreds of seven to nine figure companies. So Yev, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Happy to talk with you, Paul. Always excited to share. Oh yeah, and, and like, what, what, what's crazy is I want everyone listening to bear, bear two things in mind. First of all, I like to think I'm kind of proficient at Facebook ads. I like to think I know what I'm doing with Facebook ads, and yet every time I talk to you, I get schooled. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then, and also the second thing is that. Um, I want everyone to realize that when I, when I spoke to you for the first time and used his tools on Tracker and then had, had some of his help in some of my campaigns, I got a 24 return on ad spend. That means for every $1 I spend on Facebook ads, I get $24 back in sales. So that's huge. I mean, you don't come across it very often. And yeah, so I'm, that, that's why I'm super excited to have you on the call with me here. So yeah. Yeah, like, yeah we're, we're, we're always learning. There's some masterminds that I'm in and sometimes I hear something about Facebook ads like oh my gosh like I, like, I don't even know this so there's yeah. always things that are changing you have to adapt experiment and uh, see, see, see what's working and keep applying it to your business so like what I find interesting is like Yev is that um, I think right now in Amazon you can't be um, a jack of all you can't really be a jack of all trades I remember back in the day on Amazon sellers you could be a one man band and still be like a beast in PPC in listing optimization external ads you could do all these things like a one person could but now in the past few years Amazon's become so competitive you just can't so with that being said Yev why would you why do you think every Amazon seller needs to be running some type of external traffic like Facebook Instagram Pinterest whichever one of the things is that as soon as you start getting into external traffic, you could tend to think that it's only for advanced sellers. And there's some justification where, depending on your level of business, where focus is good, where you just do things on Amazon. But at the same time, you have to start standing out compared to whether it's competitors or the Amazon algorithm or how your audience prefers to have their, their customer journey. So one, so one answer is you're able to get more creative to get more effective on Amazon. So it, it, it's, it's another tool you can leverage to, to get uh, making the customer journey better. Mm. And for me personally, I mean, my wife will tell you this, I'm as cheap as they come. And, let's, uh, and like, if we look at this, I think uh, you, you've probably seen it as well, 95% of Amazon sellers, when they think of external traffic, they think of a Facebook ad for their product at 90% off and that's it. So now they're paying a lot of money for the discounts and a lot of money to a cold audience. A cold audience is an audience that's never ever heard of their brand. And it's crazy because um, if we do those ads, let's say we did a messenger ad where someone clicks on the ad, it opens up a bot sequence, a messenger bot sequence and gives them the coupon code. First of all, they'll probably be paying anywhere from a dollar to like maybe sometimes $3 per um, click on that ad. And then they're still giving away a 90% discount. So they're making a massive, massive loss on the front. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. I'm sure you see that a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to uh, well, be part of 
well, make Zantra, but it's seeing so many different brands. And there's, there's a commonality where certain brands are doing really high discounts or as high as discount and these rebate strategy. But what I see that that's only two different options out of, you know, there's like seven or eight main different ones of the types of traffic you could be running, the types of offers, the types of customers you're trying to reach. So I see a lot of variety and there's, there's these examples where there's a need for some of those at a certain point, but you could also get really creative trying another strategy or try to make the strategy that you're using, whether it is high discount, but how can you make that strategy in itself better depending on all of these other strategies out there that sometimes you like, you didn't even know what you don't know because other brands, whether it's more advanced or even beginners, but just a more advanced strategy for beginners are using other ways of, of using external traffic. Fully agree. It's crazy you say that because, I mean, um, if we look at this, this is one thing I really like about Zon Tracker. And is that let's say um, someone does not sell on Amazon, they sell purely on Shopify. That means they have to be very, very skilled at Facebook ads or any type of ad platform to bring that external traffic to their Shopify website. And it's crazy because every single Shopify person that's successful is very, very skilled at Facebook ads. And yet, it's, and yet on Amazon, we take the traffic for granted. We don't have to pay for traffic, it's already there. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a small difference, but it makes a massive difference to the entire business and how you run it. And that's why I think Amazon sellers become lazy because they don't need to worry about traffic. They just need to worry about having optimized listing because Amazon will bring in the traffic. And that's yeah. why I love about Zon Tracker because Zon Tracker now, um, it's great because I can now see if I make us, if I push in um, some traffic to Amazon, I can now see if that sale has actually occurred, which is crazy. I mean, I don't even know how Zon Tracker does that, and um, maybe you could like bring a, a, a brief version of that. Like, what's a, what's like an easy answer to that? How does Zon Tracker actually work and track that stuff? Yeah, and you you also mentioned traffic, where that, that, that's so important with external ad platforms, you can bring the traffic. But the other thing when it comes to Shopify, your website, the other things become important that, that are the foundations of a brand, whether it's the branding, the content, the mm-hmm. customer journey, the customer support, all of these things that make the experience is what makes brands stand out. So the traffic is one thing, you can start beating the, the Facebook algorithm or Google ad al- algorithm, but then you have to worry about all of these other things where mm-hmm. in Amazon, you have a little bit less control. So you also have like less room to, to kind of mess up. But on your own website, you have to consider all of those factors. And when you're running traffic and Zontracker helps with this with the tracking where the summary is basically is that it's combining, it's leveraging the Facebook API. And there's just so much data that Facebook has that it knows exactly what ad is being shown exactly to who. So when data is being sent around, it knows that this ad was exposed to this person and it knows at the aggregate level where like this ad had a bunch of um, impressions reach. So then this at some point led to the sale and then it's, it's, it's uh, collecting Amazon data. So that's, that's happening in the, in the back end. That's the unique part about Zontracker and it's connecting it to the Facebook API. So you can extend customer journeys, get creative. You can start thinking, do I need someone to click the ad or not even click the ad, just view it or send traffic to uh, different variants of the website or other website and still lead to an Amazon purchase and, and try to optimize for, for more of those purchases so you can get really creative. Mm. And, and, and 
what I find incredibly uh, powerful with, with Facebook ads is how many touch points do you have? So, I mean, if, if, if I'm putting out like a full scaled campaign, maybe I'm not, I'm not going for the shortcuts, but I'm just going for the sale. I'm actually going to do a few touch points and then ask for the sale. So what I'll do sometimes, I will create a blog article or a video and maybe a few more blog articles, a few more videos, whichever, any type of content I want to create. And then maybe the first phase of the, of the campaign will be someone who watches the video. And then we retarget them. And then say to them, um, everyone that watched the video, here's a blog article on that very same product. And then everyone that absorbed that article, we then retarget with um, an unboxing video of the product and so on and so forth. And what I've seen in, in my testing, maybe you can confirm this, the more touch points you have, the cheaper the sale becomes. So for Amazon sellers, we, all, we love doing an 80, 90% of sale because we are lazy. We really are. And if it's that big a discount, the customer really, really takes action. But if you offer them a 10% discount, they're not going to take action. But if you gave them a 10% discount on a pair of Nike shoes, they would take action because a lot of them really, really love their brand. I find it really interesting is that the more touch points you have, the cheaper the customer is becomes and the better the customer journey. Mm -hmm. I, I love this point because this is one of the biggest issues I see Amazon sellers running Facebook ads where they don't extend intentionally that customer journey. And it's one mm -hmm. of those things where in today's age of digital marketing, Facebook ads, we have to do that more like one to stand out from competitors because there's a lot of competitors that just have that direct ad to purchase right away or a big discount, mm -hmm. but to stand out, you're also giving more data into Facebook algorithm to, to play around uh, for Facebook to know, how is the audience transitioning from one ad to the other ad who's becoming a, a warmer audience? So as, as soon as you extend that journey, that's what the multiple touch points do. That's exactly yeah. what you're saying. And, we, uh, and one of the advantages, advantages is that Amazon sellers, uh, the, the incorrect way of doing it is sending that traffic where you're trying to get that sale right away. And this works for some brands, but that, that's an exception. And your conversion rate is so low from that initial mm. ad. And they see this so often is that there's a lot of traffic. Even the cost per click could be really low because you, you have like maybe a really good ad where like people are actually like clicking on it, where it's an engaging type of ad, but it's like then shop right away. But if you extend that journey, you, you build uh, a funnel component into it where there's multiple steps you're tracking and then there's follow-up ads. Whoever is seeing the content already engaged with the brand or the, or, or the content, every time someone makes it over to Amazon in those later stages, that conversion rate increases. So over time, you're spending more money over time because it's, it's more set of ads, but each of those ads, the, the revenue, the return on that is much higher. So the numbers you said earlier on the call about the return on ad spend, that's what, like, when you're accounting for everything, initially you're, you're like totally losing money because mm. it's such a low conversion rate. And then with, with each person you're sending in those later steps, that conversion rate and that return on ad spend is increasing so much. So you kind of need the, those second steps, third steps, the multiple touch points mm -hmm. to see the entire picture. And a lot of Amazon sellers don't even get to those multiple touch points. They just have that first, first touch point and that's it. And they're like, all right, like I had some influx of sales, influx of traffic. Maybe there's some ranking increases, uh, but it's not as systematic and not a, a full extended customer journey to really leverage the, the money that's in the retargeting, which is a normal thing for just mm. websites and e-commerce overall.
And what's interesting is that um, I think, um, Yev, I know you now I've done videos actually on this. So I think check out the, um, the Snapchat Facebook group and actually the Zonchaker Facebook group because you've actually done videos on this very campaign. And this campaign was interesting, right? Because what I did was I really wanted to test Zonchaker. And if Zonchaker failed, we would not be having this conversation right now. Because what I did was I set it up and then I cross-referenced everything with Amazon attribution. So basically I tracked all the links to see how many sales actually came in they are, they are verified by Amazon attribution because now we can track our external traffic by using Amazon attribution links. So what I did was I set up a three phase, only three touch points where the first one was a video, second one was a blog article, and third one was asking for discounts, asking for the sale at 20% off. And what's crazy was this, is that um, on the first phase, I think we spent, uh, I think it was like, $700, that's, that's just for the video, so it's video views. And everyone that watched that has a blog article, and then we spent an additional, uh, on there, I think it was about $500. And then on the third phase, so everyone that absorbed those first two, I then asked for the 20% of sale, and we made, um, I think about, I think it was, uh, it was $400 in sales, but that third, phase, that third phase, we only spent $120 in Facebook ads. So, so basically, if the top of the funnel is bigger, we are just um, pour more people into watching the video, um, absorbing the content, and then after the pitch, that last phase is actually really cheap. But people don't think of that. They, they immediately go for a big offer, big discounts, and fails. But this is nice now because now you're actually building long-term ads, long-term strategies which can grow your business. Exactly, and and part of that is uh, I think you use the combination of also leveraging optimizing mm -hmm. for Amazon purchase as one of the objectives. And some mm -hmm. of those sales, uh, like it, maybe it was just a handful or less were view attribution sales. So like people didn't even click the Amazon attribution kind of tag link. They just yeah. saw the ad and at some point throughout those three ads made their way over to Amazon or, or mm -hmm. via Google and ended up purchasing. But it's a combination that and so many Amazon sellers just kind of like stop at that first stage. Maybe they yeah. see a little bit of impulse of, of traffic, but not the final stage that's the most profitable. So then one thing, one question I get a lot, right? People say, okay, uh, Paul, let's do it. Let's have multiple touch points, but I have no content. I have no assets that I can just uh, give, people, uh, give people in the ads. And I, I'm like, well, like, I see your point, but that's really in, the, at this, at the, in this day and age, you can create video content, but just like a slideshow video in a matter of minutes. If they use like programs like Animoto or Lumen5, anything like that, they can create video content in a matter of minutes. I mean, and then you, you can even hire a, a, a blog um, a writer to write you a blog article. So within like a two, three days, you could have a number of assets which you could use in your ads. So they're actually, um, as, hard, as, as harsh as it sounds, I really don't feel that um, any Amazon seller has an excuse not to run external ads anymore. Because now is the best time because Amazon is getting so much more compared to it's getting crazy. Yeah, and, and as you go so far making that content and those ads from that initial phase, you're, you're so close to making those next set of ads. So just mm -hmm. put a little bit of measure of, of doing the, that next stage. And it's, it's one of the things that I see is uh, the biggest difference because you're extending that customer journey. Yeah. That, that's one of the factors that's important. I mean, what I do in my business now pretty much is that I make sure I spend um, as much, if not more time on external traffic as I do spend um, optimizing PPC. 
because people will spend, and you've seen this as well, probably like people will spend like weeks, like tens of hours, I'm sorry, tens, uh, dozens of hours every week just optimizing PPC, which is great. But at the end of the day, you're still giving Amazon money. Whereas if you spend growing your audience, growing your niche, growing your um, Facebook or external ads, uh, that's, that's a far better option. Still, I always, always push um, Amazon PPC, but now um, because it's so competitive, we need to be, um, we, we need to, comp- we need to uh, use Amazon PPC with external ads, and then that combination is incredibly effective. Especially, we can see that Am- if you think about the future, that Amazon is making all of these changes mm. internally of whether it's how the algorithm is working or how what they're offering the different services. Amazon itself is talking more about external traffic. Yes, it's within their own ecosystem that they want to control, but if, if they're acknowledging that we know it's becoming more important, so why not mm. have a little bit more control of it and the audience that's coming with external marketing? So one thing I wanted to ask you, and I've seen this a lot because um, although we run their chatbot, we do a lot of consulting on the side, just helping people with their, uh, with their Facebook ads and so on and so forth, their bot flows, that type of stuff. And one thing we see is that let's say we're focusing on a particular keyword. And it's crazy. We will see sales going through their, um, their, their products, everything. We can see the BSR increasing, so the sales are working. But the keyword ranking uh, doesn't actually change much. In some cases, it might drop slightly or maybe only approve like a few spots. And I've honestly come to the conclusion that keyword ranking, there are so many metrics that depend on keyword ranking. It's not actually as, as, as a reliable metric as it once was. So with that being said, I know, yeah, I, actually, I use this purposely to, I want to lead into this because you, you actually now, right now, uh, you actually created a new tool that focused purely on keyword ranking, but on a, in, a, in a different state, in a different, uh, different way of doing it. Would you mind then just jumping in and telling me about that? Yeah, perfect. That, that's the reveal right there. So that example <laughs> you're talking about with, you know, working, working with clients and being able to identify those differences the ranking, the keyword ranking, as we know it, it's, you know, is, is it the full information or not? Mm. What is Amazon tracking? What are the different factors that affect keyword ranking? And we know it's things like sales and velocity of that. If we think about it a yeah. little bit more, something like inventory level, like matters quite a bit, right? If you're out of stock, like ranking drops, but also mm. depending where that inventory is across locations, then how much of a effect it, it has. And it's probably a, a big effect if, if, a competitor has much more inventory. Amazon wants their customers to be happier, especially with faster shipping and with one day shipping availability that the ranking depending on like those regional factors becomes more important. But what else is important other than just uh, like the region? So this is where the new tool that we made, you're able to track keyword rank at the US state level and this is actually incredible because now other factors are becoming more important and it's the demographics, the behaviors of the mm. buyers. Amazon has all of this data. They have the purchase data, but there's so many other interests and behaviors and interactions of, of Amazon customers that are on the website that vary depending on the region as well, right? Like just regions vary mm. so much on the types of people and psychologies uh, across the world in the different states. So how much does Amazon actually change rank or, or have that affect the algorithm of where people are searching from. And there's a lot of anecdotal evidence where like, well, maybe it has an effect or not. And in the example you're saying where you're saying, well, like mm-hmm. the 
rank actually wasn't changed, that's because you're talking about the rank that you're seeing, which is, mm. what is it? It's the aggregate rank, or maybe it's mm. one state. It's, it's whatever the tools are providing. There's a lot of tools, and it's really great tools. You like, still need to continue using all of these tools mm. at scale to be able to track keyword rank. But what we're observing is that when, let's say you're looking at a competitor, and they have the number three rank position for, uh, for a keyword for an ASIN, what that actually means is that they're probably ranked number three for a lot of the top states, most of the states, but some of the states, they may be ranked number four, number five. Mm-hmm. There, there's other states that they're ranked number 10, number 20, and that varies on a lot of things. We, we talked about inventory earlier. That's probably like a big weight, but at some point, Amazon is going to start considering other factors as well in the buyer to increase conversion rate uh, on the website of, of people buying and that's depending on the behaviors of the individuals, which vary depending on the regions. So, so we're starting to see evidence that Amazon is either starting to roll this out or, or they already mm-hmm. have. And this is something Google has done a long time ago, right? It's like basic SEO that regions matter quite a bit. So this new tool and uh, it's finally allowing us to actually track this and test this. So point one is you have this information. So you have a better idea what's happening with your brand, what's happening mm-hmm. with your competitor. So I think that's, that's a big point in itself. And then two, you can start getting really strategic. How can you run marketing to take advantage of this? And we can probably start thinking <laughs> out about that and, and growth hacking. How can you leverage this data other than just informational uh, knowledge, uh, just as a diagnostic of what's happening with your ranking? So one thing I found really interesting, because obviously I, I, I used the tool, like a, I had like beta access, like th- thanks for that. And I was reading the guard and the guard actually pointed something out to me. I didn't actually realize it said, um, and actually, uh, please touch on this if I get it wrong. Time I'm right or wrong here. But like I was saying, let, let's assume you sell uh, garden furniture on Amazon. Um, now, depending on the state, maybe that state is going through um, a season where garden furniture doesn't sell well. So then your keyword ranking for that state will drop because Amazon's not going to push products to rank well in a state that's not going to really sell well for that niche. I was like, wow, that's interesting because that, that means there can be a bunch of states where it might not be in season, so your keyword ranking will suffer. But in the states where that product, that niche is in season, your keyword ranking will improve. And then what we're seeing basically is, is, like, a, is like the overall average keyword ranking. We're not just seeing the state level, but now we can see the state level. And it's very interesting to see how the states, how their sales compare throughout the year. I'm just going to check this now to see which states have the best sales through the best time of year. I find it really interesting. And also, you even said this. You said, let's assume your stock is stored in, in, a, in, a, in a California warehouse. So then maybe the customers in California can receive the stock faster. So therefore your listing will be um, optimized better and it will be on the top of the rankings. But let's say you're in a different state that's far from California. Some of that tops in the search term there may not come across your product on page one because Amazon doesn't want to promote your product because that's a long shipping time, maybe more expensive for them. So maybe they're trying to optimize the search results to fit their criteria, fit their margins. Yeah, perfect examples. I love that. I want to go to the, the gardening example and Talk about it from a slightly different perspective. Mm. So you said where, you know, seasonality or other factors might drop ranking, but let's think about it as an apples to apples comparison, where if you take certain states where their volume and depending on seasonality difference, that sales volume might actually be the same, but this is where interest behaviors vary, where one state might be 
more of uh, you know like rainy state another state could be more of a sunny state so even though mm. sales are actually similar it's just different type of gardening furniture that people will need so if you're if you're searching for a certain keyword the product that's going to come up it could depend on the very unique features of that product that are better for sunny weather or rainy weather right so if you're thinking it's going to be the same product rank everywhere it, it, it makes so much sense that Amazon has to start increasing conversion rates by delivering the product where it, it starts building this history of data where Amazon knows in Arizona people buy this product in Washington people buy this product and then showing those results more consistently so so that's like mm. that demographic starts making even more sense and we would see this in the in the keyword ranking effect so that's kind of like very good gardening example I think to understand that even if it's a equal to equal comparison because if you start comparing mm. California to smaller states there's just like so many factors depending on size differences but when you're comparing equally uh, sales volume or any type of volume states then these factors are even uh, even easier to notice and then you're talking about inventory this is a really good point I think Amazon is getting much more smarter about this where inventory inventory is and any of you right now can download the fulfillment report where you can see where your inventory mm. is distributed and one of the things that I know is that even for really small brands that if you send in a couple hundred units that it's actually distributed across like 10 different warehouses or even more it feels like before Amazon would send it to like one or two warehouses and then you know you're like yeah you'll be on the west coast and it would take much mm. longer to ship to the east coast so then like your ranking is noticeably lower there because it's just so far I, I think this is the anecdotal evidence a lot of brands notice but now Amazon if you check your report you'll see that you have like one to two units in in a random warehouse somewhere yeah. so if you send 100 units it's gonna be like 10 units here 10 units there and I think this is Amazon it's data Amazon is building and of course like you sell out two units really fast if you just have you know smaller brand you send in 100 <laughs> units and uh, then Amazon like well all right it's done at, at that at that <laughs> warehouse but this is where if the inventory is spread out and that even for popular brands when there's so much inventory just tons of inventory across their 75 or 100 warehouses that are that are in the US only is that you start seeing some ranking differences and more than just one or two spots it could be five or ten spots in certain states for bigger brands and then this is where I'm sure like some people have a light bulb going off well if these popular brands aren't ranked you know like number one across everywhere how can I take advantage of that exactly yeah, this is where you can start thinking. So actually, well, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, the, so let's actually chat about that because okay, so let's assume this. Let's say I'm a brand new seller on Amazon and I sell baby blankets. And I type in baby blankets on your software and I, and I get the reports of all the states. And I see, let's say, um, let's assume Idaho, we ranked, let's say, the bottom of page one. Let's assume we were already ranking majority on page one. But we see Idaho with the bottom of page one. What is the and as I'm as I'm a new seller, I don't have I don't have um, access to many advanced strategies. What should I do right now to boost my ranking in Idaho? Great example. So when you're looking at your states, you can do this two ways. You can do it based on where you are, or you can do uh, meaning where your ranking is across different states, or you can do it based on where competitors are. So it's different approaches, and each brand might resonate with a with a different approach. So one, I think this is easier to understand is that, let's say when you're looking at your uh, Idaho, Ohio, and like California, let's say like bigger states, you look at some states and you see differences in ranking, you wanna compare, 
compare it to a competitor that you you have a goal where okay i just want to beat this competitor i want to get to their number one spot or their number four or five spot because you're let's say you're like number nine or number mm-hmm. ten um or, or even if you're like uh, like number one in some states and then you're you're only at like number two three four in other states uh again i think it's a different question you know is number one that much different between number two mm-hmm. um it might be in some categories but let's talk about you know being ranked number five to ten compared to number uh, like one through four, there's obviously a big difference in mm. sales, like one through four compared to five through 10. So if you see that your competitor for that, the, the baby blanket um, example is that they're ranked number like one everywhere, but certain states where they're like ranked number eight, that's like the low hanging fruit. That's where you actually have a chance of beating them. And even if it's a state that has low amount of sales, this is kind of like the long tail approach. Well, let me like beat them at one state at a time, mm. get an easy, win. well, not an easy win, but you know, get momentum, get a win, get a more incremental sales just in that state because I have a chance rather than going mm-hmm. nationwide and trying to beat them in California and, and these bigger states where you're going to need a much bigger budget. So this actually makes a lot of sense for beginners where they have a smaller budget and they're like, all right, like now I actually can have a strategy if I'm, if I'm doing external marketing to put this into just one state at a time. So let yeah. me choose the state where that gap is smaller between you and the competitor. So that, that's one approach. And all I would do there, let's assume we're already running Facebook ad campaigns. All I would do then is I would just tweak the campaign slightly and only target people in Idaho. So that way I'm only targeting people in Idaho. So only people in Idaho will buy my product according to my Facebook, my Facebook ad. And then that should then have a, a very good effect on the keyword ranking for that state um, uh, and a keyword. Um, besides, I, mean, I would use primarily Facebook ads. What other channels would you use to boost your keyword ranking in a oh, certain yeah, state? This, applies, this is where this tool is really cool where like it's, it's, it's more data for you and then the rest is depending on your brand, depending on your platform. So yes, we talk about Facebook a lot. That's what Zontracker mm. is about. That's where a lot of my expertise is coming in. But this is where Google ads come in. Any other platform where you can do regional targeting. So like pretty much every ad, ad platform out there that you may be in or that your audience is on that you're advertising through, if it has regional targeting, you want to do that uh, Ohio or, or Idaho, I already forgot what you said, uh, like just that state mm. in, in that platform. And this is where normally in e-commerce, it's a common best practice, right? You, you could uh, like actually, like Facebook knows this data. If you're targeting, it's automatically going to cert- show it to certain states more, but it's still going to depend on whether it's population size or just volume of traffic. So California is going to get like 15% of the ad spend or the traffic because that's just how, how, how big it is. Uh, but if you can selectively focus that budget into just that state, choose it. Uh, like on Amazon, like the Facebook pixel isn't, <clears throat> it's, it's not working. So it's not like optimizing. I mean, like we talked about like the Zon tracker feature that's complimentary, but still that's like, you need a lot of data for, for purchase data. So Facebook isn't optimizing compared to like on your website where traffic is coming nationwide and then Facebook starts showing it automatically to the, the more profitable state. So you kind of have to do that using this data to know, like, let me just choose that one state or the top 10 state and follow the, the rank tracking with that. I got you with that. It makes perfect sense. So then actually, so, so let's, let's uh, draw this to a close basically. So um, yeah, before we close up, give me like just one strategy that you would use right now if you're brand new to external traffic and you may, maybe you want to run a Google AdWords or Facebook. Give me one strategy you would use right now. 
The strategy would be what I see most Amazon sellers. They're, they're still not, do, not doing this. There's two parts. One is, I'm, I'm glad we covered this earlier, and this is that customer journey. It's the campaign structure. It's anytime you're setting up the ads, you basically have to duplicate it and make sure you have the retargeting ads built in there where it's the top of the funnel, mm -hmm. have the other parts of the funnel too. Sometimes Amazon sellers just have a, a ad that's the like discount right away. That's, that should actually be step three, exactly the structure mm -hmm. you described earlier in your, in your experiment. That's like the ad three, but most brands start that off as ad one. So yeah. one is having that structure, just kind of like have that be an automatic thing where you, you have multiple, multiple campaigns so that customer journey is extended. But the one thing is add variations to your testing. And there's other videos I've done where I talk about having 50 variants, and maybe that sounds a little bit more extreme and it's <laughs> definitely what, what works, but having two ads, that's already a starting point and more than a lot of Amazon sellers are doing where Amazon seller, they're like, all right, like this image is like my image on Amazon, the product, the featured image, and it makes sense, it's my product, so that's gonna be my ad. I'll just you know, add some copy to it or say something about the, the product or the problem or the solution but add some variety into that. You know, don't just talk about the product or have different angles. So yeah. adding some variety is that other lowest hanging fruit that I've seen that makes the biggest difference in your ads right away. And it may be improvement, click-through rate engagement, like the purchases come in after that, but it's that first step beginner Amazon sellers need to make. So psychologically, they feel better. They're like, oh, Facebook ads are actually, I see an improvement in what I'm doing. Now I can go to the next stage. Yeah. And, and, and where, I mean, the, the way it's discussed there is really gold because essentially, um, I, I don't go off tangent now, but essentially every, every Facebook ad or any ad strategy, external ad strategy we do, the goal is to push to Amazon, but with the ideal goal will be to eventually push them to our own website as opposed to Amazon. Amazon has their authority, that brand recognition right now that makes shoppers go there and happily purchase our website doesn't, but the more we nurture our traffic, the more touch points we have, the more they trust us, the more sales eventually we can make on our own website. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. So, Yev, and then basically for everyone listening, how can they uh, contact you and reach out to you? We have the Zon Tracker Facebook group that's focused more on Facebook ads. For, for the brands that are already thinking about bridge that gap. So that's tracker is focused about. And then content more about AMZ Jet. That's gonna be, uh, it's different content. I think it's like even more for more Amazon sellers to start thinking about breaking and how to start bridging in um, external traffic as well. So uh, Facebook is the best for that. Or, or yeah, can find my, find my name there or the groups. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll put all the links in the show notes. So yeah, um, thanks for that. It's been awesome having you here and I'd love to have you back on the call ASAP, man. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. I love that. It's good to be here. Cool, man. All the best. Take care. Take care.